1: the parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me all my shares of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, settled for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to the citizen of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's feast and celebrate. For a son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate.
0: Hi. My name is, well, it doesn't really matter what my name is. I'm just described in the Bible as a man. No name, nothing else. I come in, I come out, but my story, well, that's been told a million times. True story, millions of times, if not more. I'm actually quite famous for a man with no name. My story, it starts inconspicuously enough. You've heard it read from Luke's gospel where he writes what he heard Jesus say. There was a man who had two sons. Nothing remarkable there the audience who Jesus was talking to would immediately think of other stories that they had heard with similar introductions, except those stories all had names associated with them. Great stories. Cain and Abel, Ishmael and Isaac, Jacob and Esau. Me, though, not named. My sons, not named. Who we were weren't really the point of the story but what happened to us has obviously left a mark on the world. It's a big story for three blokes without names. All three of us have our own parts to play but the focus of most people was usually on my younger son who people have come to call the prodigal son as if he's the most significant person in our family story. I'm not so sure that he is my older son, well, he had his issues over these events, and we can learn some things from him. And my wife, well, she's not even mentioned. God bless her. But she would definitely have a few things to say if she was given the chance, maybe another day. I'm here to tell you some of my story, some of my feelings, what what I learned over the course of several years of waiting for God to come through when life really didn't end up in the way that I had planned. I'm going to tell you what I learned when my prayers went seemingly unanswered, when life was, what do you call it these days? Buffering. (laughs) It all started when my younger son, who was involved with our family business up to that point, came to me with an outlandish request. He said, Father, give me my share of the estate. What are you, nuts? I asked him. You see, in, in my time, what my son asked for was particularly extraordinary, totally without precedent. Many, many years later, an author by the name of Kenneth Bailey wrote a book called "Poets and Peasant. And he said in his book concerning these events, my story, he said... To my knowledge, in all of Middle Eastern literature, aside from this story, from ancient times to the present, there is no case of any son, older or younger, asking for his inheritance from a father who was still in good health. As me, he's right. It had never happened before, and it's never happened again since. To start with, when you're the younger of two sons, you aren't even supposed to inherit any part of the family estate, and yet my son ridiculously asks for half. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy thinking. When you think about what my son was asking, it was so countercultural, no one who was listening to this story could really get their heads around it. Even if he could inherit some of my estate, it would only ever happen when I would have been about to die and could no longer run the family or our business. But that wasn't the case. My son was effectively saying to me, Father, I wish you were dead. But I gave it to him. I think God had a bigger plan. Maybe that's a lesson that I learned that some of you could embrace in times of buffering. God doesn't always do things according to the patterns of this world, and, well, we need to be open to being led by the, the Spirit of God to perhaps see things differently. As Paul would later write to the church in Rome, that church, Romans 12 too, he said, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Think of things differently. So out of the ordinary was this story that the crowd Jesus was talking to were incandescent with rage at the behavior of my son. It's hard for most people to see the bigger picture of God's purposes and plans. I guess that's why he's God's, and we're not. Of course, being young with too much money at his disposal And not enough wisdom and life experience to know what to do with it It wasn't the greatest thing for my son. He went on his OE and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that far off country and he began to be in need. Naturally, when misfortune came his way, the crowd thought he deserved it, so... You know, they were quite happy about the events that transpired in his life at that point. But you know, I'm his dad. It doesn't matter what he's done. I didn't want harm to come his way. I only wanted the best for him. But his choices had consequences. He could have come home at that point. I wanted him to. But he didn't. And I couldn't force him. Maybe that's a lesson that I learned that Some of you could embrace in times of buffering. God will never force you to come to him. He wants you to return to him. He he wants you to experience the kind of life that he's created you to enjoy. But it has to be your choice. He just waits for you. Jesus actually talked about this. The last book of the Bible, Revelation 3.20. Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, it's your choice. I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Well, Rather than return home, my son decided that he should try and dig himself out of the hole that he had dug. Too much pride in my boy. I mean, people in the far off land knew that he had arrived with money and had irresponsibly lost it all. So he goes and works for a farmer in that place. I would have thought that he might have known what he was doing because the polite way a Middle Easterner gets rid of unwanted hangers-on is to assign them to a task that they know that they will refuse. However, the pride of my son is not yet completely broken and so, again, to the amazement of the crowd, the farmer's attempt to get rid of my son fails. He accepts the job as a big herder in an attempt to regain control of a situation that has gone very badly for him. My son had convinced himself that he could still win by working his way back up from the very bottom. Jesus's crowd would have been rolling around with laughter at this, because even that didn't work out. No one gave him anything. It's hard to watch your children hit rock bottom, but there was. Nothing that I could do about it. And then my son came to his senses. Well, I think he mostly did. I'm not entirely sure. Was it because he was just so hungry? He was angry, so physically exhausted, so rejected in a country where he thought the grass was greener that he realized that returning home was, was better than starving to death? I'm not sure what his motivation was. You could read this story and think it sounds a little premeditated, a little bit contrived, a bit desperate. Maybe it was a necessity rather than repentance. I'm not sure what his motivation was. Prodigal son? Maybe that's a bit of a generous addition to the Bibles that you read. What I do know is that my love for him was never in doubt. And while he was still a long way off, I saw him and I was filled with compassion. And I ran to my son and threw my arms around him and kissed him. You need to understand why I did that. For an elderly man to run in my culture was extremely unusual and very humiliating. Aristotle had written this a few hundred years earlier. Great men never run in public. In his sheepish return, my son would normally be subject to what we called Kizazar, where my fellow villagers would have broken a large pot at his feet and yelled at him, telling him that he was now cut off from his people because of what he had done to his father. It was a shame culture after all. In normal circumstances, the crowd would be baying for my son's blood as he approached home. They literally would want to beat him. Because of what he has done. And so I needed to get ahead of the crowd. I needed to stop them. I needed to risk my own life to protect my own son. I needed to save him from that. And so instead of subjecting him to the the utter shame of Kezazar, I embraced him. And in doing that, I showed the village that my son is forgiven. And then I quickly moved to restore him through the the killing of the fattened calf and the calling together of all the people to a feast in his honor. As Jesus told the crowd about this, their heads would have been spitting uncontrollably. Again, these actions, my attitudes are just the opposite of what my community would have expected. Unconditional love acceptance, grace, forgiveness. The things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of God's glory and grace. Don't conform to the patterns of this world and all that. This is what I was doing while life was buffering. I was allowing God to protect me from from getting a hardened heart so that I would welcome my son home whenever he decided to return And then I could save him from perhaps even death for what he had done. Maybe that's a lesson that I learned that some of you could embrace in times of buffering. God's forgiveness knows no bounds. It does everything that it can to welcome you home. John wrote about that in his first letter, chapter 3. Verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It wasn't easy to wait for my son to return. There were days when I wondered what on earth was going on. There were just some things that I couldn't control and leaving God to work in his ways was, well, Let's just say that patience is a virtue, a virtue I learnt a lot about and one my oldest son still has a few issues with. <laughs> you know, I think you've heard some great stories over the last few months. Sarah and Abraham in the book of Genesis or Joseph in the book of Genesis or all my ancestors, the people of Israel who were in the desert for 40 years. You've heard the story of Hannah. You've heard the story of, of Jesus as he faced temptations in the desert Last week you heard the story of Simeon who was waiting for the consolation of Israel. I mean, wow! Powerful stories of people who had to wait on God, who had reason to question where God was, and why wasn't He showing up according to their timing? I hope you can see that the Scriptures are real about life and faith as is my story, that Jesus thought was so significant, he wanted to pass it on. The the story was more significant than knowing my name. I'm just a man with two sons. I could be you. I'm no one special in the scheme of things. I'm just someone who learnt a few things about finding God when life was buffering. I wonder what you've learnt from all the stories you've heard. I wonder what you're learning from the stories you've heard. How are you allowing the Spirit of God to shape your character? I understand that you're going to be looking at a character over the next five weeks as you take a look into some of the lives of some of Jesus' closest allies, His disciples. God knows they've all got good stories to tell. There's no more evidence that the world needs that God is at work in your life than Through how you allow the Spirit to shape your character. Character is a window into our soul. So how are you telling your story to those around you? Like my story was told to you. My story simply started like this. There was a man who had two sons. How does yours start? And what will people learn from you? I think I'm about done telling my story It probably wasn't the first time most of you have heard it, and I'm sure it won't be the last. I do have a favorite song I want you to listen to today. It's one of the richest songs I think we have, because it talks about blessing God, praising God, acknowledging God in all seasons of life. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful when the streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. And then I love the chorus. Every blessing you pour out, I'll I'll turn it back to praise. And even when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. In my humble opinion, Never a more challenging song, faith-stretching and faith-building, has been written. Hopefully you're open to what God might say to you as you listen. You might think about what is happening in your life and how you might praise God in the midst of that. It's been nice spending some time with you. I hope you've enjoyed hearing my story. Signing off from the man with two sons, as you listen to the song, Blessed Be Your Name. God bless.
2: That be your name when I'm found in